listeners to Season 5, Episode 12 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char, my pronouns are she, they. And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them. And this week, we are watching our Patreon-voted film, Don't Listen, from 2020. Wait, we do want them to listen. Ha ha ha. Keep listening. <laughs> First, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be a reminder of a dark and dirty pool, which doesn't sound very appetizing, (laughs) but I hope it is. (laughs) This episode will contain discussion on animal death, child death, drowning, torture, and sexism. If any of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode and we'll see you next time. So if it isn't clear with my obsession of making a drink of the water in a movie. Yeah, you really (laughs) like to do that. Every time I try to think of what I want to do, I think, was there water or some sort of liquid? (laughs) Step one, that's what you do. Was there water in the movie? It's the easiest one. It's either was someone drinking something or was there water? So I think I did it with Gun Jim. I did it with The Ring. And I'm doing it with Don't Listen, okay? Ooh. So I call this one No Swimming in the Pool. No Swimming. Do you want to tell people your development? Sure. Uh, depending on the ingredients in drinks from this point onward, I might not be able to partake. My dear friends, I have been on a medical journey, <gasps> and now I have IBS. Yay! <laughs> For some reason, I imagine you doing like a Studio Ghibli style, like spirited away medical journey. Ooh, yes, please. That's much better than the awful <laughs> one that I went on. Um, Everything's a metaphor. <laughs> So that means that due to doctor's orders, I'm on the low FODMAP diet, which means there are many, many restrictions to what I can and cannot consume in my body. Uh, but so far, it's been working out really well. So I definitely don't want to ruin it. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it'll be just Kelly having a drink and sometimes it'll be us both. Yeah. Uh, but today you made something that I could still have. Yeah. I wanted to, at least for the first drink, try to make something that you could make. And through, again, must make it look like the pool water, we had just the right ingredients. (laughs) Uh, So those are one ounce of hazelnut coffee, two ounces of almond milk, a bit of cinnamon, a little less nutmeg, one ounce of barman's vodka, and one egg white. And you just shake that all up with some mice, and then you pour it into a cup. Sounded like you said mice. Mix it all up with some mice. Uh, and then pour it uh, over ice as well um, to make it look like your own untended dirty pool. Whoa. Yeah, the nutmeg and cinnamon like floating in the thick cream is just <laughs> amazing. I haven't tried this yet. So. I took a sip. I would say I would flavor my own with a little bit of sugar because uh, I don't like my coffee without a sweetener. Oh, See, I wasn't sure if you could have sugar, so... A small amount, Uh, but still, you can taste the hazelnut. The spices come through nicely. I also just really love almond milk, so this is a a nice coffee cocktail. But definitely, if you like sweeter coffees, I would add some sugar in there. That's true. I don't really like almond milk. Oh, no. (laughs) So is this not good? Well, you always get your coffees from Starbucks with like almond milk replacer. Yes. And it's 
very weird. No, it's amazing. <laughs> so I love, I did that before I had IBS or was diagnosed. Like, I just love almond milk. I think I would also put sugar in this because, yeah, almond milk to me, it, I don't know, it doesn't have the right kick to it. So, yeah, maybe sugar in this. Sometimes I make mistakes. Once in a while, I make mistakes. It's still a very strong base, though. And that's the thing, is that you get to flavor or sweeten this coffee to your own desires. Yeah. It's very creamy, too. Yeah. The egg white adds, like, foam that I knew that, like, because there was no lactose, it wasn't going to froth a lot. Right. So the egg white was in there to, like, froth it. Mmm, smart. So it looks like a frothy, milky drink, but tastes (laughs) like weird almonds. (laughs) Now, we got to say thank you to our patrons. Without you, we wouldn't have even been watching this show. So thanks so much to Nicholas G, Roxanne B, Ollie A, Jacob M, Aiden T, Jackie V, Diana S, Kat K, Redhead Rebellion, Les Represent Podcast, Colleen D, and Aubrielle. You all are fantastic. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so, so much, especially now that it's the holidays. We really <laughs> appreciate that you still prioritize us. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, you're the best. You're giving us a little Christmas gift every month by keeping the show doors open. (laughs) So this week, we watched Because of You, Don't Listen, which premiered on November 27th, 2020. It's written by Santiago Diaz, directed by Angel Gomez Hernandez, and edited by Victoria Lamers. I don't know how to say that name. Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) It stars Rodolfo Sancho as loving father and home flipper, Danielle, Belen Fabra as wife and mother, Sarah, and Ramon Barea as EVP expert, Germain. This synopsis was written by Chalkies on IMDb, and it is extremely thorough, only stopping at the last like 10 minutes of the movie. So thank you. Daniel, Sarah, and their only son, Eric, are a happy family that moved to an old house in the country. Working as home restorators, Daniel and Sarah's plans for the restoration and sale of the house change drastically when their own son, Eric, is found dead in the pool close to the house. Broken by the pain, Sarah visits her parents for a few days after a strong discussion with Danielle, who decides to stay home alone in the house. However, the next night, Danielle unknowingly tapes Eric's voice in his cell phone when he was sending an audio message to apologize to Sarah. Looking for answers, Danielle meets Germain Redondo, a veteran and renowned writer and supernatural investigator who specializes in electronic voice phenomena. Traveling to the house with his daughter, Ruth, Germain analyzes Danielle's audio message and upon arrival, installs infrared cameras hoping to find any kind of of ghostly activity. While at the same time, Ruth tries to get closer to her father, still affected by the suicide of his wife, uh, which happened years ago. Checking her cell phone, Sarah is called by strange and creepy voices, hearing Eric between them, forcing her to return just in time to find Germain and Danielle, while Ruth, visiting the nearby town, learns the dark past of the house. Running scared back with her father, Ruth explains that 300 years ago, the house was used for witchcraft trials and torture by the Spanish Inquisition. When Sarah becomes the new victim in the most horrible way, forced hanging via possession, Danielle, Germain, and Ruth try to destroy the house to put 
an end to the bloodbath, looking for the secret place where the witches were tortured and condemned. Can they destroy the house before the spirits of the witches kill them? So it's a very epic battle that happens with gasoline, flashlight flickers, multiple possessions happening, hugging of literal dead ghosts. <laughs> Ruth confronts the spirit who masquerades as her dead mother and gets possessed herself stabbing her father with a box cutter. Luckily, Germain manages to still light the witch's already doused in gasoline skeleton by shooting it with a shotgun and everyone escapes. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to save Danielle, who eventually discovers that it was him possessed who drowned his son Eric in the pool. He shoots himself in the head by that very same pool, fulfilling the last kids drawing prophecy of the witches. Hit me with that trailer audio. Siempre me despierto. ¿Quién te despierta? No puedo decírtelo. Es una amenaza. El mal existe. Y acecha. Las voces intentan decirnos algo. ¿Está aquí? This was tough because <laughs> neither of us speak Spanish that it also did not have subtitles. I turned on YouTube auto subtitles and it was very wrong. <laughs> the buses. The, the buses. buses. What are they telling you? <laughs> um, I mean, when we first watched this movie, all we saw was like the Netflix tr quote unquote trailer. Yeah. Which what they did is they took a scene from the movie and, Which I enjoy when they do that. Yeah, I think I prefer that because if it's gonna, if I'm gonna get spoiled, I would rather just get spoiled about one innocuous scene mm -hmm. than like everything in the movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this was because again, it just kind of showed a lot of jump scares and stuff. So you know, it whatever. Was a interesting take. I mean, the music was fine. Like the the sound design was good. But it felt too choppy, I think, mm. is what I'll say. Too chunky? Like <laughs> this drink? What? This drink isn't <laughs> chunky. I'm finding it very smooth. Good. Good, good, good. Do you have any thoughts? I do. So something I noticed with this movie, we always joke because we watch The Office about the like, oh, this horror movie starts with a happy family and everything's mm -hmm. fine. And, brah, 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 and then stuff pops off. Uh, this movie did not delay at all. Like it immediately starts with the gruesome death of the therapist. Ghosts immediately start haunting the sun. Like there is no time for you to settle in, mm -hmm. which is to me very interesting because later in the movie, we actually see the dad watching video of them moving into the new house. Yeah. So it's like all of the quintessential points of like a house haunting are just sort of moved around a bit to get you like right into the action. Especially because also the kid died so early oh, on. Yeah. And I really didn't think that would happen. Especially because the Netflix preview was when the kid was already dead, but it was the ghost version of him. Mm -hmm. So you assume that it's going to be one of those movies where the kid gets possessed or like is having trouble with the ghosts and they have to deal with this kid who's like incre increasingly getting weird. But it's like 10 minutes in the kid's dead. And it's like, alrighty then, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And like, it was a late title card, and before the title card even popped up, that's when you get the the therapist who gets stabbed in the face with the tree branch. Yeah, 
Also, don't talk about that title card because it's literally the only scaredy fact I have. Okay. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then, like, it's... I don't think you kind of... I don't think you lose anything not learning about the family initially because then what the story is about is a couple dealing with the loss of their child. Right. And so you automatically have this thing that connects you to the characters without having the like, oh yeah, I'm a trucker down my luck and my family bought this old house because it was on sale, but now it's haunted and we're screwed. <laughs> uh, it was just the dad from Bly Manor or Haunting of Hill House who's a house flipper. Yeah. And they did a good job though before the kid died of like showing them being good parents, like taking care to make sure that the gate to the pool was always locked and like don't go in there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like they genuinely were concerned with whatever was happening with their kid. Yeah, because he was hearing voices, so they had a therapist come. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then, and like, then, boom. Even when the dad, or even when the son was like, does dad hate me? He said he hate me because the kid was hearing voices from his walkie-talkie. The mom still seemed to be on the side of the dad. Yeah. And was just kind of like checking in to make sure that he didn't bully their kid or anything yeah. like that. Um, And then it just keeps going. Like, you, even the moments where you think it's going to be calm... Like when he's watching the video of the happy family moving in, mm -hmm. shit's still happening around him and There's you never feel safe. So many of those for me, like paranormal activity instilled in me the like gotta look in the corners. Gotta check vibe. every darkness. And that and we kind of talked about that in the Gunjam episode as well. But here it does it so well. There's almost always <laughs> a ghost in the background just standing there. And I really don't like that. It plays on my fear of like the dark because I always just envision things being there. Oh, yeah. Wow. And the longer you're in the dark, the more you it imagine worse. it. It gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was very good. Um, it gets a little less subtle near the end of the movie. What do you mean? When there's a, like a jump scare unabashed jump scare every 10 <laughs> seconds um but that does does sort of feed into my next point okay um you talking about like the slow creeping things in the background and stuff uh -huh. this movie is surprisingly similar in style to the conjuring there's actually a lot of reviews online that say like if you like the conjuring you'll love don't listen oh sick yeah i can <clears throat> totally see that because it's a lot of those like slow panning shots of like someone looks under the bed. There's something creepy. Slowly look to the top of the bed. Nothing creepy. Slowly look down and there's something creepy. Um, and like The Conjuring does that all the time. Mm -hmm. where it's, I heard a noise and then the camera will slowly look over. Um, and like beyond that, the storyline is also incredibly similar. Uh, supernatural investigators come to help a family only for it to be revealed that a witch was killed there. Whoa! Uh, so yeah, I think, I don't, I mean, it's not a bad thing that it's very similar to The Conjuring. The Conjuring's good. Unbelievably <laughs> successful. Yeah, I think it's a, if anything, it's a, a statement of positivity that this is the similar vibes. Yeah, exactly. But still, I thought it was unique enough that it wasn't like, oh, we've heard this before, <laughs> which I also kind of have a point about that when I get to my point. Yeah, it was very much not like it was I wouldn't say it was fresh, but it was like comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and like the first time we watched it, we were we came out of it and we were like, yeah, this is pretty good. That was a really good movie. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that distincts makes it distinct from The Conjuring is that it is incredibly more dark than The Conjuring. 
What? Um, what could you possibly <laughs> say that for? I mean, rarely, if you think about it, like people don't really die in the Conjuring movies. More often than not, it's like the possession gets handled. Yeah. The person has like some very strong PTSD and might have like scars and stuff. But, yeah. Um, other than I think the devil made me do it, which starts with an actual well-known murder. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring has a pretty low body count. Uh, I just we gotta rewatch all of the Conjuring again. We did that last year. We just gotta do it again. Yeah, we gotta do it again. Almost Solid. every year, Christmas movies. <laughs> Said it before. I'll say it again. It is the MCU of horror movies. It's easy to watch. Has a long flowing narrative. Very good. Um, yeah, this one kind of. Kind of went a little bit darker. A lot of people died in gruesome and horrifying ways. Yes. Uh, so if you're a fan of The Conjuring, but are sensitive to darker, much, much darker deaths, maybe be careful going in. Yeah. Just... One of the big, uh, like, not jump scares, but reveals in this when they're first starting to unravel that it is witches uh, that were pos- possessing the home. Uh, they refer to a book with an image of cats hanging from trees. And then that got recreated on their lawn. Yeah. And it's just like so many cats and it's so sad. There's like multiple shots of it. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. we watched this again, um, I was charging my phone, so I couldn't check, does the dog die? And then I saw the cat, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember I that. forgot. I looked over at you, and I was like, uh? And you shook, you were like, yes. And I was like, um, I don't remember. And then, yeah, just the most. <laughs> the most cat death. Yeah. So, be careful going into that one. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. Drinking and screaming would not be possible without the support of Mad Lab Distillery. We love this Canadian company and all of their spirits. We use their barman's vodka in this week's drink. You can get your own bottle at a private liquor store near you at madlabdistilling.com. Evil Amy's 12-ounce travel mug, complete with a silicone lid, can let you enjoy some coffee or perhaps a sneaky cocktail anywhere you go. This one is Halloween-themed and says, not before my witch's brew on it, (laughs) in an adorable font where the eye in witch is actually a broom. Super cute. Get yours. They ship globally at evilamysterrorshop.com, and you can use code EVIL10, all caps, for 10% off your purchase. You know what local distillery is fabulous? After Dark Distillery, with a wide range of flavored moonshines and other goodies available, don't wait. You can get your own at a private liquor store near you or at afterdarkdistillery.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream. You, on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinkingandscreaming.com. Also, we would love if you would give us a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser to help more folks find the show. Please give us a review. Maybe I'll send you a coaster if you do it. What? What? Coasters. Whoa. Surprising. Yeah. Write us a review. Send a, Take a picture. Send us a screenshot. And perhaps you'll get some fancy drinking and screaming coasters in your mail. Ooh. Now it's time to go back to the podcast. Which podcast? Drink, drink, <laughs> drinking and screaming. You were supposed to say drinking and screaming. Drinking Too late, and anyways. Screaming. <laughs> I was I was doing, laughing at the witch one. <laughs> the 
but your mama watched this movie with us. Yes. So it's time for the real deal. Whoa. And it says, don't listen. Shh. Okay. I'm covering my ears, but not really. Again, it's an entirely audio format. So please do listen. Did Don't Listen scare me enough that I actually had to get my husband to grab me something from the basement after watching it all because I was too scared to go down there? Okay, it was ice cream from the freezer. Yes. (laughs) Creepy kids, check. Floating, rotting ghost witches, check. Scary-ass basements, also check. But was it up there with the best of them? Not quite. No. It was almost like they spliced together pieces of The Conjuring. Hey! The Haunting of Hill House and Gone Jim Haunted Asylum together and then called it Don't Listen. That made it a bit more disappointing. Having no real backstory to any of the characters also made me more upset when the cats died than when the peep <laughs> when the peeps did. Spoiler, the cats die. I give this three holly jolly thumbs up. It's Christmas, y'all. That's probably the most in sync we've ever been. I think <laughs> there was like word for word, like everything that she said we had just spoken about. That's creepy. <laughs> I mean, I said that you don't really lose anything from not having the backstory on the family, but. Yeah, but I mean, like, even like Gunjum. Yeah, the the movies we referenced. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. And again, she mentioned how horrifying it was, which honestly, up to this point, I don't think I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Colleen, you will be very excited because Candle Nights for Drinking and Screaming coming up soon. Gonna have some holiday movies. What are your thoughts on this movie? Okay, I have to get this out of the way because I feel like on this show, we try to pick films that are, well, either like hard ends of the spectrum of like this movie is super feminist or this movie is super not and we're going to rip it to shreds. Uh, But usually I mention like, it's nice to see that the female characters have a bit of actual depth to them not in this movie my friends (laughs) this mom just a fucking mom she's a part of the house flipping team with her husband and yet not at all do we ever see her do anything for it just kind of takes care of kid yep she's a mom yep then we've got the other mom ghost mom she's dead but also a mom so we got uh, one other identifying wife oh yes of course (laughs) And then the other woman, well, the uh, there's the therapist that dies like with a minute of screen time. And then there's the daughter, Ruth, who's the daughter. Yep. Don't even know what her <laughs> job is. She just uh, supports her dad sometimes when he needs to go and do some EVP readings. Don't like that. Nope. The an- Don't worry. The antagonist was also a lady. That's true. But we didn't even get to know her name. No. There were many just, women. Just which. We saw lots of tortured women. <laughs> I mean, compare that. We've been comparing this to The Conjuring. Like, the original Conjuring had mom that was left alone in the house and had to figure out shit for herself. Strong duo of husband-wife team where the wife has her own special skill set and handles her business. And then all of the kids were daughters and stuff and also had to put up with their own shit yeah 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 all the bumbling idiots are guys (laughs) (laughs) it's also like if you're gonna have your main female lead be a mom and like be a homemaker great that's fine i'm not shitting on homemakers i love my mom was a stay-at-home mom for quite a bit of time and it's more just give us something about their personality like who are they they are a mom what does that mean not just like watching them taking care of a kid but 
I need a bit more depth there. Yeah. The daughter, uh, Ruth, she was always wearing yellow. Do you know what that was about? Uh, let's yellow symbolism in movies. She's bright. <laughs> uh, wisdom, knowledge, relaxation, joy, happiness, optimism, idealism. Well, some of those, I don't know. Sure, she's Hazard. the dad's joy. <laughs> Deceit, dishonesty, what cowardice? These are all everything. It symbolizes everything. Yeah, geez. Um, and then my last point, I just want to like gush about the witch lore, which was super cool. I already talked about the cats, which was sad, but they actually the way the possessions in the film work is that it's via flies that like go into one of the people's ears and then like emerges the other side once they've finished their business and i thought that was really cool and like creepy to see you never want to see like a bug go in someone's ear and then so they were tortured and killed on this site and then now they just kill anyone that pops over (laughs) here which for some reason this idea speaking about how like this is a story that we've kind of heard before in the horror genre this sort of concept never really clicked for me until now because these witches, they're like, nobody will ever get to live and thrive on this land ever again because they're just like the evil people who killed them because, you know, those colonizers had families too. Still fucking evil. (laughs) So instead of leaving, these people who are now experiencing this decide to investigate. Sure, that's cool. But then they find the tortured bodies of the women and they don't decide to like, my initial instinct was like, oh my God, take her out of that cage, like bury her somewhere. Yeah. No, they don't do that. They don't tell (laughs) the authorities. They don't like inform anyone. They just fucking burn the bodies and they're like, that's it. I'm done. That was weird to me. Yeah. The, the dad, the the investigator comes in and he's like, the way, the only way to get rid of a witch is to burn them with fire. And I'm like, all right, could try and put them to peace, but okay. So they go, they deserve what they got. And that's my other feminist rant for today. Yeah. I don't think I thought of it. I, something was off where it was like your immediate thing is to burn them. And I'm like, sure, that'll solve it, I guess. And just kind of get rid of her. But uh, yeah, they could have done so much more to help because, I mean, she's angry. She's she's angry because of all the terrible shit that happened to her. Exactly. Maybe reverse that. Maybe help reparations, you know, whatever. But nah. nah. I was going to say, like, what's Danielle going to do now? Because he obviously can't fix this house. But then it didn't matter because he died. So (laughs) that was taken care of. Yeah, whatever. And then wash my hands of this. (laughs) Then, uh. And then the 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 uh, Domingos are just gonna leave. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit weird. They didn't solve anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. And then like that's the thing is burning the body didn't even do anything. The witch was still like, "Fuck you, Danielle. Go look at your son's drawings, and like see him predict all the murders and death that happened." Also, his like motivation was just that he wanted to see the other side so he could see his wife. Like, it was barely altruistic to help this guy whose son just died and stuff. It yeah, was, he but, made it like his life's career just because he wanted to see his dead wife again, which was sweet, but also, like, you could try and actually help people. Yeah, the guy being like, I heard my son triggered uh, Mr. Domingo to be like, oh, you heard your dead son. Maybe I can hear my dead wife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, 
I've just been digging through this muddy water that I made. <laughs> this pool has been just gross. There's you a lot of stuff. You need one of those, in- like, you know, little sifter thingies. Well, I found a bunch of deflated balls in here. Okay. A bunch of uh, sticks and twigs in this book with a human face on the front of it. What? Yeah. It's just, it, it ha- it's drowning. I had to give it mouth to mouth. Uh. And now it's time to open the wreck that's my water sound everybody (laughs) no surprise with this one my recommendation is the conjuring from 2013 i talk about it so much that if you haven't seen it uh you should very similar to this but a lot more toned down and easier to watch plus it'll open you up to the ccu that's right the conjuring (laughs) cinematic universe I've, it's interesting that you find it easier to watch. I find The Conjuring was still pretty intense, especially when it just came out. I think there was parts in this movie, especially in the basement when he's like flicking the flashlight and like the she's the witch is just like walking towards him. Uh, while his, I was like, yeah, this is a moment I don't want to be in anymore. <laughs> Please stop. Like the one good thing from him burning the witch's body is that it provided a constant light in the room. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> My recommendation is La Llorona from 2019, which is a great Spanish horror about a vengeful spirit that also kills kids. Uh, Plus, it has Linda Cardellini, probably my new wife. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, La Llorona from 2019. It's also in the CCU. Yes, (laughs) true. I still, I'll never get over the, that reveal that happened because we, didn't, we didn't even know. And yeah. then suddenly it's like, hey. Annabelle reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for... Da-da-da! Scaredy facts. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, or, you know, you just like to hear the story because I just love to tell it. This is the part of our show where you, we invite you into our relationship as we snuggle under the covers after watching a scary movie. We have to look online to find trivia, to find some information about, you know, it's not real. It was <laughs> just a movie. Here's some cool what? facts. Now, I'm very sorry, but this is going to be very short. <laughs> I couldn't even find the budget, but I do know that worldwide the gross is only four hundred and forty three point five thousand. Wow. Which is very low for a Netflix original. And it's such a great movie. So I'm kind of surprised. Was it actually a Netflix original? Because at the beginning of the movie, I saw a whole bunch of different things that weren't Netflix. I thought maybe Netflix just kind of purchased it. Okay, yeah, maybe that's what it is, more than an original. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. But, so I have two scaredy facts. <gasps> I'm ready. One of them the, is that the title card said Voces, which translates from Spanish to English as voices, but the film's title in English is actually Don't Listen. Don't know why they did that. That's weird. <laughs> I'm thinking it might actually be to kind of, like, jump on the bandwagon of that, like... You know, like in a quiet place, you know, you got to be really quiet and don't breathe. You can't talk or else the the guy's going to hear you. So this is don't listen. They're kind of like going on that modern horror trope, maybe. Also, so this movie came out 2020, right? Yeah. There's a movie called Voices from 2020. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Maybe that's why. So they may have been like this movie will much like escape rooms. <laughs> and truth or dares before it, it's fucking impossible to find one from the other. Yep. 
I, it's not out. Of, that's not out of um, experience whatsoever. <laughs> and then the only other thing I have here is that it's not obvious, but there is a post credit scene, which Kelly and I missed the first time we watched this. Mm-hmm. But it actually shows uh, Germain and Ruth looking at footage of an exorcism as if they're going to take on another case and like be the new Ed and Lorraine Warren, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Very exciting to see you today. It was or last night. The like it the one thing that struck me as weird is how the quality of that very much was like we put a lot of effort into this exorcism scene for this post credit scene yeah. that you did not see. In. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I guess like they really were pushing for a sequel. Are I hope really they pushing make for one. Se- yeah, this only came out 2020. You yeah, know that what? Was, That's another scaredy fact. I'm gonna Google it. That was like five or seven years ago though. <laughs> And to my point earlier, I Googled, is there a don't listen sequel? And then the first answer is don't breathe to the movie. Ugh. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and I can't find if there's any information about whether or not they do want to make a sequel or not. Hmm. So we'll find out, I guess. I guess, in a year if it comes out <laughs> or not. And that's all my scaredy facts. I'm so sorry. I tried so hard to find some extra ones. You didn't even look if there was car or gun facts because there were both in this movie. What? There was a shotgun. Oh, you found them? No, no. Oh, yeah. I that's was... what I'm saying. I couldn't find any. Yeah. I did check that. I mean, too. it was a shotgun. So, you know, <laughs> shotgun brand shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> As always. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. So, like, I would watch a sequel if there was one, because the quality of the movie was honestly really good. I don't really care about the Domingos. Like, at the end of The Conjuring, I'm like, fuck yeah, the Warrens, the new CCU superhero is going to solve some ghost crimes, Uh, regardless of what the real life Warrens (laughs) did. I don't don't care. Um, But yeah, the Domingos, I'm like, eh, eh, whatever. You could give or take them. Yeah, they were kind of fun. The like father-daughter dynamic of like the daughter that doesn't really believe was cool, but now she believes, so. I mean, it's kind of hard not to believe when you're literally looking at a heat sensor. Well, you know, <laughs> people people look at statistics a lot in this day and age and just claim to not understand them or deny them completely. It's so. too real. <laughs> My final thought is that This movie kind of surprised me with the way that it was so dark. Every death that happened, I was like, that's it. They're not going to kill any more people. (laughs) And it was always done in such interesting and very dark ways, very gruesome ways. Uh, It was very unsettling in in a way that hit me differently than a lot of horror films have hit me in the past. It wasn't like, well, I guess we've like watched a lot of slashers or whatever. The deaths were all very meaningful as well. Even the cats. That was so sad. Yeah. Um. So that was just interesting for me. Something that I'm just reflecting on now. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's been Don't Listen, a movie about overlooking very important renovation tasks, namely pool maintenance. Next week, we'll be starting our Candle Night <gasps> celebration by watching The Lodge from 2019. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. 
Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 